Are you looking for ways to create killer portfolio pieces for your website, but don't really know how to start or what that process should look like? I created the Kiss My Portfolio Challenge last year and host them semi-regularly through the Facebook group, Kiss My Aesthetic. And what I've got going for you are three different prompts that walk you through a hypothetical project, really, a hypothetical client, and tells you exactly my brand design process on how I would approach that company and creating a bang in visual identity to help you attract more clients. Those are available for you on my website. The link is in today's show notes. That's mkwcreative.co slash kiss dash my. That's where you'll find all the trainings, workbooks, workshops, everything relating to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast and MKW Creative Co. brand. So have at it. Good luck. Wilson, say hi. <coughs> Good boy. Kiss My Aesthetic. Branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build bragworthy brands for social media-minded entrepreneurs, and you are in the right spot for branding, marketing, entrepreneurship advice that you can apply in your own business to better reach your ideal client online. Let's get to today's episode. Greetings, and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic Podcast. Sarah's here. Hi. It's Sis My Aesthetic, one of the episodes where we just do it together because it's more boring to do it by yourself and it's more fun to just do it with your sister when it's raining outside. We're sitting on the floor. We have Wilson on the bed. He might make some noises. Sorry in advance. But, you know, we're making it work. Today we're talking about mood boards, what they are, why you need one, how to make one, who the heck uses them, and how it can help inform your design decisions, whether you're a brand designer or a wedding planner, or any other kind of creative, really. So Sarah, mm-hmm. yes. tell the people, what the heck is a mood board? I can tell you what it is in the wedding industry, because that's as far as my knowledge goes. Um, I use mood boards every day for wedding planning to kind of help bring a vision together for how the client wants their wedding to look. So um, my mood boards are kind of all-encompassing. It's got pictures of, obviously, flowers, cake, dresses, venues, all that kind of stuff. And it's just a tool that I use for my clients and for my vendors to show the overall feel, vibe, and aesthetic of an event. That'll work. That definitely works. For me, mood boards are a collection of images, colors, textures, patterns, anything that's going to give us the feeling of a particular project. So this might be a brand design project. This might be a wedding. This might be an interior design project. Basically, anytime you're trying to communicate visually and creatively, it's a good idea to have a mood board for that. Uh, When you're creating mood boards, what is the process in working with the client on creating a mood board? Um, so the first thing I do is I have them fill out pretty much a questionnaire that doesn't get honestly too into detail about design because I want to be a big part of their design process and I want to kind of guide them through it because hopefully they're hiring me for my style and my design expertise. And so I kind of don't even want them to, to give them the opportunity to go down the wrong path. Um, so I send a really short questionnaire that says, what are your colors? Send over any inspiration pictures you might already have, or if you have a Pinterest board, because I feel like every person has a wedding Pinterest board since they were like 12. 
Um, so I have them send over Pinterest board, their colors, their venue. And then I really just ask them, how do you want to feel at your wedding and how do your guests want or how do you want your guests to feel at your wedding? And that based off of those few answers, I can usually pull together a general vibe or style and kind of pull together some images based on what they described. Really similar with brand design, what we're working with in the mood board is we're measuring that all of those brand adjectives that we talk about in the very first call. So the brand questionnaire episode will be useful for this. All of those attributes, descriptors, adjectives, we want to make sure that all of those are being communicated visually. So typically I'll start with those and then we'll narrow in on, okay, what images give us the same kind of feeling? What can we use to visually communicate these same goals and ideas? And how can we pull them together in a way that's cohesive? And that usually helps to drive the color palette. Is that the same for wedding mood boards? Um, No, people usually come in with a pretty clear color palette of what they want. And it's almost always driven by season. So you get a lot of pastels, bright, airy, light colors in the spring and summer, and you get a lot more jewel tones, moody um, maroons and navies in the fall. Okay, so now what do you do if your client comes to you and the pictures that they want on their mood board are all the heck over the place and not cohesive whatsoever? How do you kind of sort through creating a cohesive look when somebody is anything but? So if their mood board or Pinterest board is all over the place, a lot of the times brides send me their Pinterest boards that they made when they were 12. So if you scroll down far enough, you get mason jars and sunflowers. Sunflowers. (laughs) Just not the style right now. Um, So if their mood board's pretty much all over the place, I won't even pay attention to it. And I'll just go off of what they told me their colors are, their overall vibe, and what they want their guests to feel. So if they're like, I want it to feel really formal and classy, I kind of already have an idea of what that looks like versus I want a really casual, laid back Um, fun kind of party vibe. I already kind of have a feel for what that looks like. So I'll just go pretty much off their colors, off their vibe, and then off their venue because the venue also says a lot about the bride style. If it's a ballroom, I know that we're going to be doing more ballroom style. If it's an industrial warehouse, I know we're not doing ballroom style flowers. We're doing more loose organic flowers. So I kind of just take it upon myself to create a vision for them because if they're Board is all over the place that tells me that they don't have a clear vision of what they want. Very similarly with brand design, uh, you want to pay attention to the industry because if a brand is in an industry where that kind of mood makes sense, then you want to make sure that that's balanced with uh, the design aspect. So the classic example I give for a mood board is if somebody comes to you and they're starting a yoga studio, but they didn't give you the details that it's a yoga and physical therapy studio for retired NFL athletes, then your really flowy oat milk latte white lady yoga studio board is going to not connect with that ideal client. So that's really where you want to start to clear up any design decisions in the mood board, because once you have the mood board, that should set the tone and the direction for the rest of your design work, more or less. What do you do with the mood board once you have it ready? Like, how does that play into the larger role of the creative project? So it's really... Like I said earlier, it's a tool that we use throughout the planning process. So one of the first things I do after client books me is create their mood board. It happens within the first week of them booking me is I create this kind of comprehensive design board that's got pictures of what we want the flowers to look like and what we want the linens to look like in the cake. 
and the bridesmaids dresses and all of that stuff. So it kind of creates a cohesive design. And it's a tool that we use when we go meet with all the vendors so that your florist knows what color the linens are going to be and your cake people know what kind of flowers are going to be going on the cake. And those all those things affect the way that they themselves design what they're going to be bringing to the table. And so it really is a tool to create a cohesive design to make the whole event look really cohesive and put together instead of making it look like you got a bunch of different things from a bunch of different vendors and just kind of threw it together. Super similar for brand design. Once you have your brand design mood board, this is totally something you'd share with like a website designer, your photographer, uh, even a copywriter sometimes can find inspiration within your brand images. So it really becomes a useful tool because again, you're setting kind of the visual tone for the way that you want the project to look and feel. So super useful tool, mood boards. How do you make mood boards? I find everything I can off of Pinterest. Pinterest is my number one tool. I know a lot of, not a lot, but I know some wedding planners hate Pinterest because brides get an unrealistic idea of what weddings look like. But Pinterest, if you use it the right way, can be really helpful. It's You have to think of it as a search engine. It's basically like a Google for pictures. Um, And so I use Pinterest just by searching things really specific in the search bar and kind of curating pictures for my clients. And that's pretty much how I find everything either through Pinterest or Instagram. And I'm going to ruffle your feathers a little bit because the problem with using Pinterest for mood boards is now you cannot use that Pinterest mood board in your own marketing. Yeah. And you're okay with that Mm -hmm. because you're only ever using it internal with your bride, right? So it's not really a thing of like, oh, I'm not going to show this as my work because the images don't belong to me. Versus brand designers, I would really encourage you to use royalty-free stock images in your actual mood board. So the way this process works is this. When I'm working with a new client, we fill out that brand questionnaire together, and then I'm definitely using Pinterest. So we want to go to Pinterest to collect ideas that fit what they're looking for organize your Pinterest into sections, which is really helpful. And then once you have those sections, that should give you some inspiration as far as what kind of stock photos you want to use. So once you have like a collection of books and lattes and French architecture, now you can kind of plug those things into a stock photo website like Unsplash or Pexels or Raw Pixel. There's so many great sources out there. And once you have those, then you can build out your mood board. I would really recommend that so that you can use your mood board when you're marketing your own business and not run into any copyright issues. Images you find on Pinterest are not royalty free. You cannot use them for anything that you want. And I'd really encourage you not to use them in your mood boards just because the mood boarding process is such a big step in you helping your client find their aesthetic. And you definitely wanna be able to share that on social. So it's just something to be aware of. I love using Canva for mood boards. Do you also use Canva for mood boards? Yes, I use Canva in the sense that I plug in pictures from Pinterest onto Canva and use them um, in all of my mood boards because I think it just gives a little bit more of a professional feel and you can change the fonts and the way that the pictures all present themselves and just save it as a PDF instead of doing a Pinterest board or doing Google Docs or whatever. Definitely an option. The other thing to think about with mood boards and making them in Canva is you can then repurpose them for other bits. So you can like resize it for an Instagram story or an Instagram post or even a Pinterest pin. But you're going to want to make sure, again, that you have the royalty rights to those images, if that's the case. Mood boards that we talked about, 
how to make them. We talked about what you would use them for, how you'd use them in your client process. Let's talk about how to make your mood boards a little bit more unique. What would be your suggestions for finding images that are a bit more unique that aren't just your average mood board? Like what are the things that you're seeing in mood boards these days that you're like, ugh, I've seen this 500 million times? I think anything that just doesn't have any sense of creativity or personality as it relates to the couple or anything that's kind of uniquely put together, I guess. So, I mean, weddings are such a specific niche of mood boards and the way that things present and the way that they look. But if you go on Pinterest, you'll see the same pins a million times at the top of your Pinterest page. And for me, it's those ones that have, that are the really long stretched pins that are based on one mood, like one color palette. And you've got like 10 images for one color palette on one pin. Anytime a bride pins one of those onto her board, I'm just like, ugh, I hate this. I don't know which of these pictures from this pin that has 10 pictures on it you were attracted to, that kind of thing. And then again, I mean, you're not going to like this because weddings is just so Pinterest focused, but I use Pinterest and you just have to search extremely specific things to get the images that you want instead of just searching wedding cake. I'm searching fine art wedding cake with red and purple flowers on it or whatever it is to get those really specific curated pictures to kind of create a more specific look for my client instead of just posting the pictures that you see that pop up at the top of the page. The other thing to think about with Pinterest, and that's actually fine. I think it's good to get really specific on Pinterest. It's also good to use Pinterest to look at what the suggested images are. So if you are searching for something hyper-specific, Pinterest has this great function where it says, see more images like this. Yep. That's a great way to kind of go down rabbit holes. I think with brand design, because it is more open, it is more vague, think about pinning things or sourcing stock images that aren't so obviously brand design. I think especially in the Kiss My Portfolio Challenge, we saw this a lot for the last one, which was avocado themed. Uh, Some of the mood boards got turned in where every single picture on the mood board was an avocado. That's not the point. We want to be able to give more of an immersive look and an immersive feeling of what it's like to be in that avocado themed restaurant. So maybe you'll pull images of architecture or sculptures or paintings or menu cards, aprons, like think about all of those different touch points within the experience of going to the restaurant, not necessarily here's a bunch of pictures of the food. Another thing I suggest to like baby designers just getting started with mood boards is to go to some more obscure art historical references. So if your client is really interested in storytelling and history, which Emma Gibbons of Emma Gibbons Copy, who was on a few episodes back, She's really interested in brand storytelling. She's the copywriter on my team. And for her rebrand, we're focusing on on history and on storytelling. She also loves European architecture. So those two things mirror each other really nicely because these buildings are super, super old. They have lots of stories. They have lots of history. So for her branding, we want to do more texture and things that have grit and wear and tear on them because in that kind of decay. There's so much story. So we can kind of relate those two things to each other. Whereas another copywriter who's not as interested in European medieval architecture, for example, isn't going to have that visual identity to pull from because that's just not what they're interested in. So I think you can get really specific, like Sarah was saying, with her brides and grooms or couples that she's working with, get specific to what their interests are and find ways to weave that into the experience they're looking for. Can you give an example of maybe a client that has 
something on their wedding mood board that's atypical? Yeah, I think just kind of anytime you can, like I said, incorporate a personality or something that isn't necessarily related to weddings, but you can kind of weave it in, like Michelle said, and relate it to weddings is great. I have a couple where the groom plays for the Yankees. He's a minor league, plays for the Yankees. And so I'm really pushing the couple to incorporate something with baseballs into the wedding design. Um, And not that I want it to be a baseball themed wedding. We're not going to have home plates everywhere and baseball cards and you know, the popcorn buckets or anything, but me out to the yeah, we're not going to, it's not going to be a baseball themed wedding. It's actually going to be a really pretty high end fall wedding and it's going to have all the fall colors, but I'm really pushing for them to do maybe like a baseball escort card wall where every guest gets a baseball with their name written on it. And it has the table number of where they're supposed to sit. Um, so kind of including details like that is what's going to take a wedding from looking like a cookie cutter wedding that you've seen on Pinterest a million times or a copy and paste wedding and really making it unique to the couple that you're serving. Same thing for branding. I think the other bit I wanted to ask you about is with mood boards, how can you kind of expand the lifespan of a great mood board? So do you show mood boards that you've created for past clients to potential new clients? Mm -hmm. And then also, I know for the mood boards that I have, I love posting the mood board and having people give me back the adjectives that they would describe that mood board and then kind of measuring that against the the brand questionnaire um, and seeing like, okay, are these images really reflecting what we're looking for or what you asked for client in a way that's that's consistent with kind of a general population? And that makes for a great social media post because you get great engagement because everyone wants to try to guess Uh, the adjectives or guess the ideal client based on the mood board. So how do you kind of use mood boards after a project? So like you said, I will use them to show potential clients like, hey, these are the mood boards I made for past clients. I repurpose a lot of my mood boards or a lot of the images from mood boards. If, you know, I spent four hours curating this mood board that looks super specific, I'll take some pictures from it onto my new client's mood board and then kind of curate a little bit more for them. But showing past mood boards to future clients, I show the process on my social media, on my TikTok sometimes of like, hey, this is how I make a mood board. Um, This is how I find the pictures on Pinterest to make it. I also make Pinterest boards for my mood boards so other future brides can follow that Pinterest board and see what's on there. Um, So it's not necessarily a mood board for them, but it's just a Pinterest board that they can look at. You also do mood boards for styled shoots. Yes. And that's, I feel like, where you can really flex your creative muscles and come up with something that maybe a bride would, it would feel too risky to try to do at their wedding. Yeah. But if you can prove it, that it works in a styled shoot, that really comes together. So for anyone that doesn't know what a styled shoot is, what's a styled shoot? A styled shoot is like a photo shoot that wedding vendors put on for cross-marketing, for publication. Um, And like you said, it's a way for us to flex our creative muscles without the uh, limitations of having a couple with a specific vision. It's if we have a really specific vision and we can kind of push the creative limits in a photo shoot without someone saying, you know, it's a wedding. I kind of want it to be traditional and classic and timeless. And I don't want to do this big balloon arch at my wedding, or I don't want to do really bright colors or neon colors or whatever. Um, style shoots are a way for us to kind of show our clients, like you can do really cool things, even though it is a wedding and you want to have it be classy and timeless and you can do all those things but also incorporate a really cool specific design so tell us about the last styled shoot you planned and how you came up with the concept yes and then how you executed it with a mood board so the last styled shoot i did 
the thing about styled sheets is publications will only pick them up if it's something new and different and that they haven't seen before. And like we've talked about with the wedding industry, a lot of stuff has been seen and done before. It's a lot of the same stuff getting turned out. And so I wanted to do something kind of completely different and something that I feel like people haven't really seen before, especially in the wedding industry. Um, so what I actually did first was I had three different concepts for a styled shoot. I put them into kind of a visual design board, put them into TikTok videos and posted all three of them and said, like and comment which one you want to see turned into a styled shoot. So I said, this is video one of three. This is video two of three, or this is video three of three. Go like which one you want. Um, so that off the bat was great engagement, but the most responses I got to mine were like a 90s, 2000s nostalgia vibe for my styled shoot because if you're on TikTok or if you have anyone in your family that's part of the Gen Z generation, then you know that the 90s and 2000s are fully back and forth. It's like, like they're fascinated by We've the got wide so leg weird. jeans. We've got low rise jeans. Sparkles. We've got sparkles. We've got butterflies. We've got velvets. We've got pinks and like zebra prints and like total like cheetah girls vibes are completely coming back in style. Um, But that's something that's really prevalent in the fashion industry, but it hasn't really reached the wedding industry yet. The wedding industry is always like a year or two behind the fashion, but people like to stay timeless and classic and all of those things in the wedding industry. And I thought it would just be so fun to do something that was so trendy and so like I don't know, like I wanted to take the 90s and 2000s, but kind of modernize them, but still do all of those trendy, wacky things. It's like a throwback without being corny. Yeah. 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 I got you. It was like playing on the 90s without being, without the cringy of like, when you look back at your 90s photos and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I like used we still, to wear Everybody that. still has eyebrows. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, So we kind of modernized it, did really cool modern florals, really bright colors, but did a lot of like butterflies and hearts and velvets and really sleek 90s silhouette for the dress and all that kind of stuff and kind of made it really where every single aspect of the design was intentional and had to do somehow with the 90s. Another way you could use mood boards as a brand designer, obviously I'm using them in the actual brand design process, but now my team and I are starting to offer photo shoots and video shoots as well. So video mood boards are a great idea. Photo mood boards are a great idea to kind of show again, like what is the goal of this specific photo shoot? How are we going to deliver on that goal? And what are some of the shots that we want to get to really fit this specific theme? So there's lots of different ways you can use mood boards. There's lots of different ways you can repurpose a mood board. But other than that, I think we've kind of talked this topic to death. (laughs) Would you agree? I think that's about it. So why don't we call it a wrap for that? Sarah, you have a special offer specific to mood boards right now. Yes, I am offering customized mood boards for people who are not my clients. Usually it's something I only offer after you book with me, you get a full design of ceremony and reception, completely customized mood board. But right now I'm offering them to people who are not my clients. And if you book with me, you just get a quick phone call. So like I said, we can talk about your style, your colors, how you want clients or how you want your guests to feel at your wedding, all that kind of stuff. And then after that, I create a completely customized, um, it's usually about like six to seven page design board for you to take to all of your vendors. And like I said, use as a tool to make sure that everything looks completely cohesive for your wedding. 
And how would they take advantage of that opportunity? You can visit my website and go to my contact page, or you can email me directly at sisteredstates at gmail.com, or you can shoot me a DM on Instagram at sisteredstates. Great. And then also for anything with the brand design, mood board design stuff, you're going to want to be in the Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group where you can feel free to post your mood board if you're a designer or you're a business owner. Um, Get feedback from other designers and come hang out with us over there. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts or really anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to come on over to the Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group, same name as the podcast. And lastly, if you're looking for those resources, links, or anything else we talked about on today's episode, you can find those on my website, mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. Catch you next time.